0: Well, hi everybody, we are super excited for this month's after the Secretariat call now we're we're a little late we're doing September's 2023 after the Secretariat call, which was all about 3.3 and diversity and we have brought on a fantastic guest so it's going to be Dr. Tanya Fancher from UC Davis. Who has been all over the news and all over the press talking about how they're dealing, how they've actually dealt with this for forever in California. And we are so pleased to bring her here. But before we get to Dr. Fancher, I would be remiss if I did not introduce my associate
1: in crime. Hi, Colleen Hayden here <laughs> from the Icon School of Medicine, Mount Sinai, working with Jenny in um, Krishner Strategies. All right, Dr. Fancher, you want to just mm-hmm. first just give us a couple
0: minute introduction of yourself, kind of what is your role at UC Davis and everything, and then feel free to jump right into, um, because California has had legislation similar to, to SCOTUS, the SCOTUS ruling that came out, you know, what have you guys done, How have you been so mm-hmm. successful with student sure. university?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, So thanks for having me. Um, I'm Tanya Fancher. I'm the Associate Dean for Workforce Innovation and Education QI at UC Davis and a professor of medicine. Um, We had our LCME visit just in 2022. I think that's right, Jenny, right? 2022. Um, And so at Davis, diversity has been really important to us for many, many, many years. We really see ourselves as um, creating the the workforce for all of Northern California, which is a very diverse, both geographically as well as racially uh, community. So in California, Prop 209, which is essentially an anti-affirmative action law started in about 1997. So this, and that law actually applies to more than just admissions, whereas SCOTUS focuses only on admissions, Prop 209 is hiring, awards, admissions, sort of all of that. So we've lived under that reality now for many, many years. Um, and do you want me to talk a little bit about what we've been doing, Jenny yeah, and Colleen? Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, um, so while we are aware, obviously, of of the different identities that students have, the way we've really thought about it is, what are the populations that we are aiming to take care of? and recruiting students to programs where they're interested in those types of populations. So that's the sort of the curriculum sides. We have a program for rural students who are interested in rural health. We have a program for students who are interested in urban healthcare, um, similar for Central Valley. And then on the admission side, we really had to rethink how to do admissions at Davis because of Prop 209. And so um, we use holistic review, which, you know, is what everybody does. But I'll tell you the pieces of our holistic review are that um, we've, we've restructured our admissions, who participates in admissions. So our admissions group includes faculty, of course, includes students, and actually includes community members. Everyone who's involved in admissions gets training in um, implicit bias training, as well as sort of anti-bias um, work. And um, and then we look at students a little bit differently. So um, we have what's called what we're calling a Davis score, Davis scale, and that scale basically looks at um, quantitative data that's provided on the AMCAS application related to students' financial background. So did they have a fee assist fee waiver? Did they contribute financially to their family? Um, and we use that score um, to give the students essentially like on a scale of zero to 99, um, how economically disadvantaged they were. And so that's one piece of the holistic review that we use. And what we have found is that, um, as you know, that students who have significant economic disadvantage, um, tend to be not exclusively actually in California. We have lots of, of, um, uh, white students who have had lots of dis- social, social, excuse me, economic disadvantage, but many of our students of color also. And so for us, it kind of meets our mission of reaching communities that don't have enough doctors. So really reaching in to find those students and recruit them to medical school. So it's sort of that, those two things, right? So, and then one so I'll tell you one other piece to that is we have an an amazing outreach team so our office of diversity has, I think it has eight FTE staff FTE in addition to the faculty FTE who do a ton of outreach and recruitment including um, running like a post program and sort of summer immersion programs. So programs that really, again, sort of target the type of students that we see as important to the future health of California.
0: So can I ask a question about those pipeline programs? Because I think that's something where I'll admit I have a little confusion, and some others that I've talked to. So because of this ruling, so we did have speaking with my hat of my school that I work for. You know, we had some have some pipeline programs that are, were specifically recruiting UIM students. Right? You know, very specifically. Can you you know now with Scotus then when you had Proposition Twenty, can you can you do that, or are your pipeline programs much more kind of Holistic themselves in in mm-hmm. they targeted towards UAMS. How did that? How did yeah. that? How does that work?
2: So the first thing I'll say, Jenny, is we don't use the term pipeline anymore. We we talk yeah. about um, pathway programs because of the yeah. right? Some folks find that a traumatizing term. So I'll just say that piece, and then um, our our programs are all um, pretty broad, actually, in the invited membership. So we talk about students who are educationally disadvantaged, socioeconomically disadvantaged, first generation to college, things like that. We, we do not use um, race actually in any of those programs. Um, uh, so that's, how, that's, that's what we've done. We have programs focused on Title I schools. So you know that Title I schools are those that have a large number of students who get free or reduced lunch. And those right tend to go along with low and low income communities. Um, We have programs that are focused for rural students. So really, for us, it's really about disadvantage and rural.
0: And that's super, super helpful. Colleen, do you have uh, any questions? I have another one, but go ahead. Yeah.
1: First, I'm taking notes because this is amazing. Um, so I'm <laughs> at a school in New York, like for my day job, and I actually think you know a lot of this would be helpful. Um, you know, we don't have a state legislation, you know, that we're um, uh, kind of like fighting against or like operating under. Um, but I think we're still trying to find our footing within um, the state of New York and the city of New York City. Um, For what we do going forward and to ensure it fits our mission. So, really, I am personally really thankful for what you're having to say here. (laughs) I do have a question. I don't know if it's going to be Jenny's question, but I'll ask mine. How do you still manage faculty? Um, Faculty in the senior administrative staff, that tends to be what creeps up a lot. At least that's what a lot of my colleagues have asked. And I think that's been some of the Misnomers that I've had to correct, even with my own colleagues, some of my own colleagues at my school. Of you know, we still have to be tracking that, and we have to have a mechanism for it. So, any insights you have on that would be helpful.
2: So, and and Jenny, I'll defer to you on this, but we we track all of that, Colleen, right? As we are required to. Same for students. We, you know, we we do track race and ethnicity. We sort of look at that um, in retrospect, right? Same for staff and um, and faculty, um, and I think. F- us it's you know we've talked a lot about what this should look like or what it could look like and really what are the places that we go to recruit faculty right Um, and then um, what are the programs that we offer that support faculty to to want to come and honestly Colleen a lot of it is working with the medical students right so the the faculty the diverse faculty want to be in a place where there are diverse learners right to sort of Um, to work with that group of students I don't know Um, and I think we have some other institutional work that's really I would call it um, Mm anti-racism work across across the institution
1: yeah you're making yourself attractive to
2: applicants Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah.
0: and then so we talked about you know, the, the, the center and then pathway programs. And then I guess, and then retention programs, I guess is the final thing to kind of close it out. So again, I, I guess I'm going to assume that your retention programs are also broad in nature or um, again, are not targeted. Um,
2: for stu- for students?
0: For students or for and for faculty, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we have a, like a really large SNMA um group, a very large um, LMSA group, but as you know, like those are not exclusive to those groups, right? They welcome kind of anyone who wants to come. So I think that that has been our um, our approach. And and I would say when students come forward, so we have a MENA, like a um, Middle Eastern North African um, group. So as, as students um, are interested, right, in bringing like-minded people together. The school has been super supportive, actually, of bringing those students together.
0: Yeah, and this has been super helpful. We're almost at our. We try to keep it around ten minutes yeah. or so. Any, any final words or any? As you've been, you know, I, I know UC Davis has been like highly quoted. You've been highly quoted. Like any kind of like summation or things that you get asked frequently that we didn't ask or any, par- mm. any part
2: any. Someone just asked me today about the lawyers right and what are the um, what's the role of the lawyers and i and I have to say that our institution and our systems lawyers have been incredibly supportive and so um, as people are starting to look forward to gme and are there are there is there anything for us to expect on the gme side um, that the they're developing sort of a, a toolkit of what's um, low risk or high risk things to say or behavior or how do you um, how can we institutionally continue with our mission, right? While also um, being very mindful of the of the um, of staying within the, the federal law now in addition to the state law. Great. So lawyers are our friends, I would yes.
0: say. <laughs> yes indeed. Yes indeed. So well, um, again, we really want to thank you. I think people are gonna be really um, grateful to hear the the wisdom and what you guys have done for so long and been so incredibly successful at. So we want to thank you for um, joining our podcast today. Thank, yeah, you, thank you so
1: much. Thank right. you.
0: Till til, til next month.
1: That's right. <laughs>